Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. Hey everyone, Jamie Davidson here. It's uh, great to be back with Jamie Monroe to uh, talk more lacrosse on uh, our latest episode here. And uh, we've got a a really great topic to talk about summer lacrosse. I've got a a bunch of questions, but uh, Jamie, uh, just want to say welcome. And uh, it's great to be back talking more lacrosse. Thanks, Jamie. Always a pleasure to talk lacrosse with you. (laughs) Awesome. So, so Jamie, the, the kind of the hot topic, the one that we're getting a ton of questions from, we've got emails about this. We've gotten, uh, again, the, the high school team I coach, I've had players and dads literally email me even a few days ago asking about some of these exact topics and whether, you know, it's the summer coming up or even if you're seven months away from the summer, uh, all this stuff is, is so important. But the, the big topic that around all these questions is how to plan for the summer, how to think about it. And there's a bunch of details. So we'd love to kind of pick your brain and, and answer a bunch of questions around uh, summer, summer planning, summer exposure, and uh, how to go about that. So maybe just to kick it off, I'd love to kind of, you know, even get your high level thinking around, you know, as people think about summer specifically, uh, any thoughts or suggestions you have around yeah, this topic? Okay. I mean, I think one of the things that people have to remember is that, um, you know, you, there comes a point in time when, when you're, when you, I say in ninth grade, uh, below ninth grade, you really need, need to be focused on development and don't worry about exposure. Um, and we've talked a lot about that. And then, you know, once ninth grade hits, I think you can start thinking about trying to get in front of some coaches, but you really got to start, keep thinking about development primarily. But if you feel like you're kind of at the level where, you know, you want people to start knowing who you are, if you're ready if you think you're ready to be seen, then I think it's a good idea to start getting some exposure in the summer before, uh, after ninth grade. Um, and then certainly into the academic year of sophomore year and then into sophomore summer, the recruiting and the exposure piece becomes much bigger. Um, but the development piece still needs to be there. And I think one thing people forget is they, they, they you want to look, you want to be a better player. You know, if, 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 if coach from your favorite school sees you, in June, you want, in the beginning of June, you want to be able to be a little better by the end of June and then by the middle of July and then by the end of July. And hopefully you're actually continuing to make progress and you're, you're actually showing, Hey, this guy does, this guy's put added something new to his game. He's doing something better. And I think, I think that mentality needs to be um, in the mix for, for players. Um, And I think sometimes it's not because everyone gets so caught up with, you know, just, exposure 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 it's one it's one camp after it's one showcase into a tournament into a showcase into a prospect day into a tournament the kids get a little bit tired and sometimes they actually look worse because they do too much and so finding that balance of not doing too much and finding a way to get better during the course of your exposure i think is 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 one big picture uh thought that that really gets missed yeah that's uh yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And before we even jump into kind of some of the details of, of those where it's probably 
most urgent or important, but kind of you start talking about at the very beginning here, people when they're a little bit younger, I'd love to even just start there because even, even though I know you're the kind of short answer is, Hey, just kind of go get better. One of the questions from parents and even myself with kids, you know, if you have kids in middle school, that's as old as they've ever been. So sometimes as a parent, you're still like, you may overthink it. Uh, but just curious of any thoughts for, we'll start with the middle school and get up there, but you know, let's say a seventh or eighth grader, uh, you know, I know I different takes, you know, and ultimately this could lead to the high school too, in terms of, is it helpful to target camps that, you know, and again, I know this is too early there, but eventually, you know, schools you might want to go to, or just any thoughts around that, uh, that age level before we jump into some of the older guys. So middle school, as far as exposure goes? To yeah. Play. Yeah. Exposure, even just summer plans, you know, either exposure or just, yeah. you know, people do stress over that, even whether they should or should not at that age level. So yes, just your thoughts. Yeah. Well, for one thing, I think going to some college camps when you're in middle school is, is a good idea. There's nothing wrong. You know, um, the, the lacrosse world is a small world and it's actually possible to make relationships with coaches long before they're thinking about recruiting you. So I always knew, you know, when I was the head coach at Denver, I, I, I remember kids that came through my camps, you know, that I knew them when they were 10 and 12 and 14 and all of a sudden they're 16 or 17 and you're recruiting them or you're not, you know, but, but you know who they are. So there's actually an advantage when you're young to go from the, to go to a camp and just kind of like be a good kid and they'll get to know you and they'll like you. So there's, 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 a, there's some value there without a question. Uh, as far as overall what to do, you know, um, you know, part of it is, is if I was, you know, and I, I have a ninth grade daughter, so I, I, I am like worried about her development and more so than, you know, the, the exposure piece. Yeah. She's summer after ninth grade. We're doing three tournaments with a, a club team that we think is going to be provide good team play and good coaching and, and some good competition. So that's what, 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 what everybody I think should kind of hope for, but we're really spending a lot more of our time just trying to get better this summer. Um, and what does that mean? Well, it means that we're, she's playing box lacrosse. Box lacrosse is one of the best ways to get better. Uh, we're playing pickup games at least once a week of three on three variety. And I try to stack the teams as much as I can with good mm -hmm. players. So like today we're playing a pickup game with, uh, there's, there's three girls up here. There's me and I, and I'm hiring two Canadian uh, guys that are like 20 years old to come play with us. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have three, we're going to have a three on three game and it will guaranteed be a lot of fun and the girls are going to get better. And um, it's not like one pickup game is going to like, you know, make you noticeably better. But I'll tell you right now, if you, if you play a three on three pickup game with some decent players once a week over the course of time, you will, you will definitely get better. I think if you have um, an expert that can help you. So that expert could be your high school coach. It could be your club coach. It could be somebody, you know, honestly, it, it could be an online variety. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing a ton of, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an expert and I do all my coaching remotely, but you need to find an expert to give you some direction on, on a, what you're good at and what you need to work on and B how to do it. And, um, and so I think if you sort of like look at those uh, fundamentals you know, that's really what, what, what the middle school um, and sort of ninth grade summer folks should be thinking about. And those are some simple ways to, to, to kind of break it down into chunks, bite-sized chunks of, Hey, these are action items. That's great. Yeah. You said something, this is, you know, 
a little bit nuanced, but you say you hired players. So, you know, naturally when people hear that, they sound like that sounds crazy. It must be like, you know, really expensive. You're hiring guys, but just it's, I know you come up with lots of kind of creative ideas to, to make things work, but when you say that, how do you actually make that, make that work? Is that something other people could actually do if they had, you know, the access to good players? That's something you just kind of have unique access to. Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, there, I, I did this all last fall too. I want, I, I want to be able to have a pickup game. Sometimes it's hard to find people that want to play. <laughs> I wanted to up the level of competition a little bit. So I talked to some high school kids last fall and I, same thing I said with a couple of these Canadian friends, they're the people I know, by the way, they're not <laughs> random people, but I just, I, I just say, Hey uh, guys, it's like a private lesson, except you're just going to play and I'm going to pay you 20 bucks for an hour. How about that? And then they have a great time. They play. And you know, it's like, I'd rather have them play in a pickup game with, with, with my daughter than coach them. Cause I can do that. And uh, now other people might want to have them get coached, but I personally am a big believer in the Sandlot model. Um, it's, it's, it's a forgotten model that actually worked really well for athletes for uh, generations in, in all different sports. And so I'm, I'm on this kind of crusade to resurrect the Sandlot. And sometimes it requires 40 bucks cash. She, yeah, it's great. It's, just, it's a unique little idea that, you know, actually I don't think I've ever heard anyone, uh, yeah, that I know that's actually done it, but it's not not that expensive. But people will go spend you know fifty dollars for a lesson or eight dollars. But that's uh, I love it, and I know this is a topic I've definitely heard you talk about before. Um, and just maybe you can just touch on it briefly because just because you mentioned it was can you just highlight a couple of points because when people are choosing options for the summer around field and there's you know even the U.S. there's more options for box. It's still not super prevalent. Can you hit? a couple of points why you think people should include that, you know, the box side of things. Box lacrosse. Yeah. 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 Box lacrosse um, is, um, it's, it's pretty simple why these Canadian kids are coming down to the U S and having great success in field lacrosse. And it's because the game itself is a better teacher of skills and IQ than field lacrosse is. And um, what I mean by that is if you took the same coach, whether he's good or bad, you know, think of the best coach, you know, or the worst coach, you know, or somebody in the middle, it doesn't even matter. But if you take the same coach and the same group of kids and you play box or you play field, the kids are going to get better in box. And the reason why is because it's the environment of box lacrosse that does the teaching better than the environment of field lacrosse. And what do I mean by that? Well, Boards and glass, the ball bounces back in every single time. So you never, you never waste time chasing a ball or missing a ball. It's immediately back in play. Uh, you've got, uh, it's five against five. So it's a smaller sided game. Um, you know, imagine playing basketball 10 on 10. That would be kind of a not very fun game. Five on five is much better game. And how about three on three? Actually, when you play basketball, you kind of break it down into three on three. And that's what happens in box lacrosse. They spend an awful lot of time on, on shooting and two on ones and three on twos a lot and two on twos more so than field across that has to worry about rides and clears and full field transition. And you spend all this percentage of time doing full field stuff in which there's a ratio of 40 to one players to ball. If you're yeah. actually doing some kind of a full field, full field thing. Whereas in box across the, the ball to kid ratio is just smaller. Obviously the goal size is the most obvious. The goal size uh, is, 
is probably the most important environment really because a smaller goal and a bigger goalie it's obvious it's harder to score but but how does that manifest itself with better accuracy some people might say sure um how about learning how to move the goalie uh yes but the biggest reason that the small goal makes a difference is that you have to get to the middle to score mm. that's the by far the biggest thing and because and you have to get close and so somehow you have to figure out how to get a better shot and the canadians typically have a much higher shooting percentage in fact it's, it's statistically you know proven over the course of years that they're shooting you know um about 10 point you know 10 points higher on the average than their american counterparts at the same position um yeah. eight, maybe eight percent but eight maybe maybe it's like 26 to 34 percent different 26 percent shooters and in, in, in field across players and 34% shooters, but that, that eight percentage points is actually more like 33%. It's a huge difference. Why? Because they just take better shots. The other reason is, is that it's much in box across is more of a picking and cutting and feeding game rather than a clear space one-on-one -on -one game. Why is that? Because it's easier to get to the middle and get a shot when you don't have the ball than it is with the ball. Hmm. And when you do have the ball, it's easier because you can't just clear space and dodge and shoot down the alley. You have to bring players together in a two-man game to create the space to attack. And so now all of a sudden all these factors come in and now it now it's 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 your IQ as much as your skill that that develops because of the rules and the environment of box across. So therefore, anybody who has kids playing lacrosse, if you're not leveraging the power of box lacrosse, then you're you're not taking advantage of some really simple concepts that really work. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome stuff. So what I'm hearing is, you know, ultimately, if if there's opportunities, they're certainly worthwhile. I know we're going to talk more here, but you know, for people certainly to keep that in mind to to seek out those opportunities in the in the mix. And I know it's like you're up in Canada right now doing something really cool, and, and with with your own daughter and, and kind of uh, trying to create this this dynamic. Of, of small play and, and after it, but that's uh, that, that's really helpful to keep in mind because so often in the U.S. you just kind of you know you, you don't it doesn't jump out at you and you can almost forget about it or think yeah that's a nice idea but I, I don't really think uh, enough people certainly take advantage of that. Yeah, and you know here's another quick point on that. You know I think signing up for a box lacrosse league is a fine idea. Mm -hmm. um, I would with this theory, uh, a box lacrosse league and games would be better, more beneficial than the, uh, the field lacrosse league. Okay. So when you think about the off season, Oh, I'm going to go play and I'm going to go play fall lacrosse. I'm going to play, you know, some, some league that you're going to play in. You're better off playing box, but that said, you're, you, you're going to be better off even uh, more still if you uh, sign up for some kind of box lacrosse training where you can actually do drills where instead of having a five on five full field game, now it becomes, you know, all the, all those, you know, shooting and finishing and two man game drills and two on ones and three on twos and four on threes. And if you can find a box lacrosse you know, organization that actually has practices, it's going to be better than just games, which is pretty obvious. We all, we all know that you get more touches and practices than games. And some, some people may say, well, I, you know, they have a league, but there's no practice, whatever. This is where your little small-sided pickup games come into play, though. Because when you play with a small net um, in a, in, and you play a three-on-three -three game of some of – a two-on-two, three-on-three, four, you can do whatever you want. But when you play these sandlot games, 
It true. And, and, and by the way, I'll footnote this to say there are, we play with no equipment and we can play boys and girls with a tennis ball. So no one's getting injured, but the skills that you're learning in that are the same skills you learn in box lacrosse. So you can actually like manufacture your own box lacrosse opportunities by playing pickup games, which is exactly why we're doing it. Uh, oh yeah. Who are the best players in the world right now? Per capita, the native Americans, what do they do? They grow up playing box lacrosse and pickup. That's all they do. Look at Tahoka Nanticoke. Look at Lyle Thompson and Miles Thompson. I mean, every every time you look, Six Nations is winning major championships in Canadian box lacrosse. But these kids play probably fifty percent in the backyard. So there's something to it, um, and um, and it's it's kind of great news for the average parent that really would like to have their kids get good because you could actually take a little control over this. And I guarantee if you figure out a way to play, play in the backyard with six kids, your kids are going to get better faster than any other way. Yeah. That, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, an awesome nugget for, for everyone related to these, uh, this discussion. So and just continuing on and we'll, dive a little deeper kind of into the, the summer exposure standpoint. I'm going to, I'll frame it from my own perspective, mine and my own knowledge, which was, which is to say, I've got a lot to learn. Was, you know, when I went through high school, I, I played at a school in, in New York that had a, a good high school lacrosse program. Uh, but, you know, back in, this was what, in the late eighties, you know, I basically went to a lacrosse camp. To, you know, I went to Army's lacrosse camp. I think my freshman, sophomore year, uh, Jack Emmer got to know me there and I wasn't a great athlete, but I was, good enough that they're interested. I think essentially what happened is they, they're interested in me. They talked to my high school coach. They saw how my season went. Uh, actually back then they came and watched me, watched me play a football game. They came up, watched me and a few other athletes came up to one of our games and talked to the coach and the coach kind of gave me, I think the thumbs up and I had the grades and that's kind of what my recruiting process was. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about certainly, or even nowadays, my sons, my kids are a little younger now. So things like showcases, things like, um, or even the mix of things to talk about, you know, that's why those camps are worthwhile or not, but just, you know, maybe I know we want to dive deep into the stuff here, but even, you know, at a high level talk about, especially for those that are brand new to this process. You know, when I just described the old days, you know, to the current day, how would you kind of compare and contrast how things work now, you know, yourself as a former, former head coach at the college level, plus, you know, a parent and, and you know, somebody ran three lacrosse certainly. So, you know, I kind of grew up the same way. There was, you know, first of all, recruiting didn't get started until summer before senior year, you know, um, really um, in my first few years at Denver in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, it, it, it got progressively faster. My very first commit was in the uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 1999. That was the first kid who ever committed to my program. He was a PG. And then the next year, the first commit was, was probably, you know, uh, around the, I had like five kids sign early in, in November. And then the, my next recruiting class, I had like 11 kids sign early. And then the next recruiting class, I had kids committing in October and I had a whole class sign early. And the next year I had convinced kids committing in September and then it was August. And then it was, you know, junior year, June. And then it was junior year, January. And the last recruiting class that I recruited, uh, that graduated from Denver probably in like 2014 or something, you know, we're all committed, you know, in fall or winter of their junior year. So everything has gotten earlier. And with that, 
it got to the point where my, my own son was recruited as a freshman in, in high school. Um, and, uh, and so now of course the rules have changed and it's set the clock back. Um, and now it's back to a September 1st junior year date, which I think that reset is, is pretty good and healthy. Um, and so a, the timeline's quite different. B the way that everybody would get recruited was the way you did. You just went to the college coaches camp and, uh, and some camps had more coaches at it than others, but generally, if you wanted to get recruited by that team, you would, you know, there was no club teams until, you know, really till the early 2000s to around 2002, three, four, five. It's the proliferation of club kind of got going. And now it's, you know, it's huge. And with the proliferation of clubs became kind of the downfall of camps. And so it used to be that kids went to teaching camps all the time and you'd go to four or five camps over the summer and you'd get better at these camps and you'd have games in the evening. And, you know, that's how you remember how I said getting to know coaches is important. That's, that's what happened. You they could talk to you, you got to know them. And, and um, now the model is, you know, you just show up at camps and it used to be that you'd go to, to the dorm and you <clears throat> had this dorm experience with, with kids you didn't know, or maybe kids you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And all of the, Lord of the flies type of stuff where, you know, <laughs> who knows what's going on in the norms. There's always, you know, the kids get kicked out of camp and the drama and, you know, all the run, you know, all that stuff. And so you never know, but that was kind of a great experience. Now it's everybody just, you know, has their bag and gets in the car with mom and dad and goes back to the hotel and, you know, gets lectured on, you know, how that they need to shoot more. And then, um, and then uh, you know, it, it and now there's like all this private coaching and all this stuff. And, 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 but as a result of all this, there are more good players out there than ever before. I mean, just look at the, the uh, production of freshmen in college and the stuff they're doing is off the charts. I mean, there are more good players now than there's ever been. And it's, it's getting significantly more competitive uh, for everybody because of the, because of this combination of, business and lacrosse growing and i'm not saying it's necessarily better um i'm just saying it is the way it is and you got to kind of deal with it but with that it's the kids that are getting really good are the ones that are lucky enough to have great mentors great coaches a great path a great roadmap sometimes they stumble onto this roadmap not knowing and the majority of the world has a not a great path not great mentors not great coaches they don't know this until it's too late. And so this is why I really think that, you know, for everybody that would be the, the next, the next iteration of all this is digital. Uh, so I, I'm kind of pumped up to be on the, on the riding uh, early on this wave of, uh, of the digital revolution in the sport of lacrosse. And really everybody has, is going to have access to experts and plans in a way to get good enough to give yourself a chance to be good enough anyways, which is like the sad part. If you didn't have that chance and you could have, and you wasted a lot of time. So anyways, now Jamie, uh, you know, this is now it just comes down to it's so competitive. These coaches aren't really looking until they see you, uh, you know, at these club tournaments and uh, the old fashioned getting to know somebody, as I mentioned early in this call works. Um, but you know, the truth is, is that you better have a pretty good plan of being a, being skilled enough or, uh, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's really helpful perspective. It makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting to see how things have, have changed over the years and, uh, myself around being around the squad, I didn't, 
you know, I kind of wondered like, oh, did I just miss clubs when I was a kid or something? When were they? I don't remember that. It was called the Empire State Games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's what they had. And I'll tell you what, the Empire State Games were like the best thing to watch for so many years. And it was so fun to watch Syracuse play Long Island. And you you think about the greatest players that we've ever seen. They all kind of, you know, the Powell brothers and everybody came through the Empire State Games. And then all of a sudden somebody was like, hey, uh, I can do this in Connecticut. (laughs) I can do, you know what I mean? And that's how it's, that's how it started. And oh, by the way, you know, it's not a bad business model. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny you mentioned because I didn't I know I didn't make I tried out for that team. We're gonna start talking about trials. Remember, I, I didn't make the uh, Empire with the uh one of your uh Nate Sprong who won the state championship. I remember he he made the team as did our defenseman who was going to Duke and our midfielder went also went to Georgetown. This is way back in the day, but you're right, that was the uh and actually I remember talking to Kevin Rice and he talked about it similarly when he came through. He said he pretty much just played the Empire State games and that's all you know, those kids did in New York. They, and they yeah. practiced every day. It was so meaningful to them. What an unbelievable experience. Um, yeah. And the, the Empire State Games, um, you know, are, are defunct, I, th- I think, uh, what happened. I mean, I, they may have tried to resurrect it. Somebody might have. But but I yeah. think from a budgetary perspective, New York could no longer afford the Empire State Games. My wife was in the Empire State Games for skating. I mean, it was a big all sport. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even know, I didn't even know it wasn't even uh, in existence. I've been there. Out of the loop. That's uh, yeah, relationship. Really which is good. This ties into perfectly because I want to dive deep because these are, like I said, there's a lot of questions we get, and uh, both via email or via just. I've had parents. You know, I took us to a high school team this year, and I literally had parents call me because there was the. Uh, you know, I'm down in the southeast, but there was the Under Armour tryouts just this past weekend, and I had uh, I had one parent basically email me and say, hey. You know, and this person's a, in this case, they're a rising senior, but they're asking, you know, hey, should you notify the coaches? You know, do you want to notify the coaches we've ever been talking to that he's going to be trying out? You know, is that something worthwhile or not? Um, But, you know, I know there's kind of a host of kind of details here, but, you know, so one of the questions is, you know, as you think about summer showcases, trials first, you know, what do you think of them? Are they worthwhile for guys to, try out is it only for guys that definitely think they're going to make it is there value for guys to try out even if you know they have little to no shot you know maybe let's just i'd love to start there because that's a common question again yeah so you know when you think about showcases and tryouts and prospect days um all-star games they all fall into this mix of uh you know kind of exciting opportunities to do something really special. So if you're at a big tournament and you make the all-star game, it's really cool. And, and if you're, you know, uh, try out for Under Armour and you make the team, you know, it's, 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 it's awesome. Um, and, and these showcases, uh, a lot of times college coaches really like them because it's, a, it, it can be a great compilation of talent, you know, coaches get so pumped up to go see good players play. That's, that's what they love. You know, they might, might be watching, <laughs> crap lacrosse all day and now it's the all-star game and they get to watch great players you know what I mean just uh you know being a little tongue-in-cheek there but but seriously they get fired up for it and but then they're a lot of times they're kind of disappointed also because they're like yeah well the one kid I wanted to watch like only got two shifts because there's like 13 minis and and um you know and, and and sometimes that's actually the good news for the college coach because I remember you know 
there was this kid that I was on, this is a long time ago, probably 15 years ago, but there was this great player out of New Trier High School and he had like broken his collarbone as a sophomore. So nobody knew him. And I was kind of hoping he might get mono or something as a junior because he was <laughs> so good that, um, that like as soon as anybody saw him, it was going to be over. And sure enough, he makes the all-star game, a top 205 camp. Tom Starge is like, wow, I like that kid. He's committed to Virginia within like three days. And there goes this kid, Matt Kelly, that I was really hoping to recruit. And he was like a three-year All-American. So, uh, so <laughs> for Dom, it was great. You know, uh, for me, watching all-star games, you know, was as a coach was was fun, too. But the thing is, is that for all of us parents, we we get frustrated with all-star games sometimes because because there's a lack of team play. And, and, and the biggest thing is like, oh, well, you know, my son is or my daughter is like a real team player. And, and it's hard for a team player to shine in an all-star game. And that is true. It actually is because um, there's not going to be as much team play. Simple as that. Um, and, um, but there are some things that can be done by organizers of tryouts, all-star games and, uh, of, of showcases that can make a huge difference. And when I was at 3d, we had this camp called 3d blue chip and we created a model that was so awesome in terms of being able to, um, guarantee team play and it's so simple that i i want anybody that runs a showcase a a a, 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 a try out an all-star game to just listen to this because it's so easy okay you simply have to make a couple rules one is you got a clear space for a dodger why because if the guy on the lefty wing attackman never gets out of the way of the guy dodging for max or the midi dodging the righty alley then not only do you not get a chance to watch that Dodger, but you don't get a chance to watch that defender. So just simply getting people out of the way, number one. Number two, the kid who dodges and shoots it every time he gets it has to be told, like, you know, you, we just – we can't have you taking bad shots. If it's a good shot, let him do it. Mm -hmm. And the last piece is the kid who just never moves the ball and takes it nonstop has to be told you have to move the ball. doesn't mean you can't dodge. It doesn't mean you can't – you know, roll back a couple times. That's fine. But there's this balance. And if you can take care of those three things from a, from um, a quality control perspective, it guarantees that the coaches will get a look at everybody. And that's, and it also guarantees that all the players will get a chance to have a look, whether on either side of the ball, the last adjustment that I always blows my mind. I, I, I just heard of this, this happened again with some friends that were at an under armor tryout. If one, if you're, if it's a tryout, and the whole point of this, this is to evaluate or it's a showcase. The whole point is to give everybody exposure. If one team is winning every single face-off or if one team is winning every draw, then you need to like flip-flop the face-off guys at halftime. Or you need to just let them win so we can all see that Johnny's the best face-off guy, but let's give, it to, let's give it to the white team because Blue's won it every time. Because, because if, if Blue wins it every time, then, then, then obviously the, the, the Blue defense – gets no looks and the white offense gets no looks. Like there's a whole side of the field that doesn't get a look in that game. And so if people would just make those simple adjustments and they're so darn easy, it blows my mind that people don't do it. You'd have such happier coaches. You'd have happier parents. Uh, you'd have a better business. I mean, uh, it's such a home run. Um, so I just wanted to share that so that hopefully somebody out there, you know, that's got a little bit, bit of control can, can do something and maybe make, make the world a little bit of a better place. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, I mean, again, it's just, it's like a little, it's just thinking through the details to make it, 
make it make sense. That's a really a bunch of great points. And you know, one other thought, you know, jumping into this or question, I'd say is, and I sense, you know, parents have this is just a little bit of confusion. Like what, it, what actually is a showcase? Like what is a showcase versus a, versus a tournament versus an all-star game? Are they, are some of those things the same thing or is there any way to kind of, you know, just simplify the description of yeah. what these things are? Cause it, we get so many emails and again, parents are always emailing too, like, Hey, is this a money grab? Is this worthwhile? And yeah. you know, that's a bit of a separate question itself, but just, just any clarity around what these things actually are. I love the term money grab. It's like, <laughs> how come like Burger King isn't a money grab? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what if there's like a crappy restaurant? Is that a money grab? I mean, like, you know, like it, it, it's so funny that people will just be like, oh, that's just a money grab. Like, you know, look, you don't have to go <laughs> business. Some businesses are better than others. Not all businesses are created equal. Um, yes. Anyways, um, well, from a terminology perspective, you, you've got you've got sort of like two two levels, two 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 camps. One is it's a team, and that's travel teams, and that's where hopefully you're being coached, and there's some team play, and you build relationships, and it's it's a lot of fun, and people do that. Uh, and then you've got individual type of events, and an individual or, or individual tryouts. Uh, so if you want to make Under Armour, it's a bunch of individuals that want to make a team. Uh, if you're at a uh, tournament and there's an all-star game, it's a bunch of individuals that are playing in a game in front of, you know, I mean, if you're sixth graders, there's probably no coaches there, but if you're 11th graders, there's probably going to be coaches there. And so an all-star game is usually relative to some kind of team event. Uh, although at showcases, which are camps that you pay to go to, that maybe you're invited to a showcase like the Maverick Showtime. Right. That's uh, it's probably the one of the top showcases out there right now. Um, and at that camp, it's it's a bunch of individuals put on teams and they play games. And what grade camp, levels? Pardon me. What grade levels would that be for? Um, they probably have um, kids beginning in summer after eighth grade, right up to summer after 11th. Or I think they go summer after eighth grade to summer after 10th grade. I don't even think they bother with summer after 11th grade at Maverick Showtime. Uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of those camps out there. Um, there are some, you know, D3 showcases. So if you want to like 3D runs, 3D lacrosse runs a great division three showcase. I, I've actually recommended it to a couple of your players. Um, mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's uh, an opportunity to get a bunch of division three coaches you know, if that's the, if that's the track you're interested in, um, there's a lot of showcases that are, um, you know, out there that might not be so worthwhile in general showcases, um, are really good for the players that are big, strong, athletic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes kids show better in showcases than on their club team. Sometimes you're pigeonholed into a role on your club team that now you don't have to, you, you might be the fourth or fifth best attackman on your, on your club team. And you might be actually a division one caliber player or a college level recruit. And you go to a showcase. It was like, Oh my gosh, who's this guy? Or, you know, you have to, you know, the coaches, maybe it's like the coach puts these two kids to X and you have at X to be an attack X to, to play the X spot. And you got to play the crease on your club team. Whereas you go into a showcase and you get to do some other stuff. So there's, there can be advantages there. Generally the kids that play the best showcases though, are the ones that don't necessarily 
play as well as team players because they're just the biggest, fastest middies that run down and, and, and shoot it every time. So, um, but there's definitely definite advantages. I think showcases have the potential to be awesome because if there, if there is any team play like the, like that 3d model we were talking about that, that they would still run that the people should run. If you, if you go to a showcase like that, this is really interesting. Think about this. You can, you can have as an offensive player, you're probably going to have more success at a showcase with some team play than you would in a club tournament, even if the level of competition was quite high because there's guaranteed to be less team defense because there's no way to get the team defense playing as well it would as it would if you were like in a club setting where you had a high, you know, even if the level of play was exactly the same, high quality, medium quality, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> it's easier to get a little bit of team play on offense and the defense probably won't have it. And so you can actually really, you can really show yourself. Whereas a, you get a really well-coached club team, they're going to play really good defense and they're going to have a game plan for taking away this guy and, you know, putting the matchups the way you want it. So there's some real advantages to showcases, actually. Um, the problem is, is most of them aren't run with any team play, in which case a lot of people are kind of left disappointed because they, they never touched the ball. Yeah, interesting. I mean, just, how about just related to that, uh, it was one of the questions I got around, you know, so let's say it's, you know, someone's being recruited or they're, they're already reaching out to coaches and then um, they're going to go to one of these big showcases. Any thoughts? Is that something, an opportunity maybe for the player to reach out to those coaches, like say, Hey, you know, just heads up. I'm, I'm going to be at this, this tryout. Are you guys going to be in town or just any thoughts around that relationship side or yeah, you know, should the high school coach be involved in trying to coordinate anything there? Just, yeah, I'd love to get your your take around around that. You know, you you definitely need to send. We'll, we'll let's go fifty thousand feet. What's the goal? The goal is that coaches will know who you are. I know the goal is to get recruited, but let's just say, like, to get that to get that far, they have to know who you are. Yeah, they have to have seen you and and know who you are, right? And so. Um, <clears throat> when you think about all the people that are like, man, I just don't feel like they knew who I was. Like, I don't even think they knew who I was. And then, and, and that's when you can feel really bad. At least if they know who you are, they don't recruit you. At least you can like, you know, say I gave it my best shot and feel like, you know, that's okay. I can live with that result. Um, so yeah. How do you do that? Well, certainly sending out emails and sending out your highlight video and all that stuff is, is, is a way, an important way to do it. But just know that like every single player in the country is sending an email out to every single coach, pretty much. That's an exaggeration, but you know, honest, it's something like that. These coaches are getting so many emails every single day that they, they, they just hardly have time to look at them. So what they're going to do is they're going to forward them on to their assistant coaches, number one. And if they're going to look at anything, they're going to like look for, they're going to scan an email on their phone. And they're going to look for things like 6'4", 225 pounds, uh, you know, like 4.2 GPA, you know, 1370 SAT. They're going to look for, you know, Chaminade High School, Deerfield Academy. They're going to look for, uh, you know, Team 91 or 3D New England. Why? Because they're looking for things they know. Okay. So if you're from someplace that they have no idea who you are, Mm -hmm. um, and you're just going to send it off. It's not that you will never get a look, but some coaches are working harder than others. And some coaches, you know, 
some coaches are, are, are going to turn over every rock and some coaches don't really need to because they already have like, you know, the biggest fish that they get to fry anyways. And so like, you know, the best schools. So this is why the relationship piece ends up mattering so much. So if somehow you can get a connection to that program and get somebody like if your high school coach has connections or if your club coach has connections or if your neighbor, you know, went to Johns Hopkins and can call Petro and be like, Hey, this kid's actually really good coach. You should watch this kid. Just like in anything else, relationships matter in business relationships matter in recruiting. And so if you can figure out angles to create some relationships, it will absolutely make a difference. And so that at least they can be like, yeah, I know who that kid is. You know, you may not agree with their assessment or, or whatever, but it doesn't really matter. You know, that part you can't control, but you can have some impact on trying to figure out a way to, to get in front of coaches. And hopefully you plan a team that the coaches come watch you. And then hopefully if they kind of know who you are before they go into a game, it's really helpful. Um, and so that's, that's kind of your goal to have them know who you are. And those are a couple ways to do it. Great. Yeah. It's super helpful. It makes, makes a ton of sense. So, uh, thanks for kind of piecing all this together. And, and it's, uh, you know, there's, it's a lot, but there's a lot for, for people to understand here. So, um, just really two more questions. The first question is just, uh, or just to get your comments kind of, we covered a lot of details, any, any final thoughts on this? And then I, I want to ask you just a little bit about, uh, some other ways using online tools and stuff that people can continue to work to get better as well too. But with that, any other, uh, other thoughts or pieces of advice uh, on this, uh, this summer topic here? So I think the last thing that, that people need to understand, uh, we all, we've all had, not all of us have kids that are assertive enough to, we feel like, man, if, if, if they would just be a little more assertive out there, um, you know, like I see it happen all the time. It's like the, uh, uh, the kid gets cut in line and then for midfield runs. <laughs> yeah. and the coaches don't do anything about it yeah. uh, or um, you know the, the, there's always the kid that runs out first and and um, you know I that's life you know and um, our kids some of our kids are that kid that gets in the front of the line every single time and some <laughs> of our kids are the ones that kind of let that happen and um, it certainly doesn't help your recruiting if you don't get out there you know if you're the kid who never dodges you're probably not going to get as many opportunities as the kid who dodges a lot. Hopefully with your club program, a good coach can mitigate that, you know, sort of weakness and be like, Hey, Jamie, go to the goal. You, it's your go, go, go. And, and, and sometimes they'll do it. There's this kid, Bailey Tills. He ended up being a pro lacrosse player. He went to Kent Denver. I coached him in, on the very first 3d team ever. Unbelievable athlete, three sport athlete, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. This kid was so unassertive and such a good athlete, but he was so unassertive. He would never dodge unless I coached him. And I'd be like, Bailey, go. And he would go to the goal. And Brown saw him. They were like, we got to get that kid. For three years at Brown, I'd be like, Lars, how's Bailey doing? He's like, I don't know. His nickname became Mr. Irrelevant. That's what the coaching staff called him. Mm -hmm. Finally, he went to see. And I don't know. I don't know, Bailey, if you're on uh, here, here, if it, yeah. this is not a story to rip on you. This is a success story. Bailey recognized, and he was a great kid, by the way, awesome guy, but he recognized 
somehow on his own that, you know what, maybe I'll go see a sports psychologist. <clears throat> so he did. And he got there with the sports psychologist and the sports psychologist helped him because he really wasn't that confident, even though he was like such a great player and a great person. Well, his senior year was the year Brown went to the final four. I don't know if you remember when Dylan Malloy went down and got injured, Bailey Till stepped in and scored four goals against Maryland. And by the way, they were four dodging goals. Wow. He had an amazing senior year. He went on to play pro lacrosse. He was drafted. He played for the outlaws last year. He played for, for me, um, for the Atlanta blaze. And he figured out how to become assertive and be confident. And I guarantee this helped his, 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 his business career as well. Um, and so um, it's, it's, it's one of these things that we all have to sort of figure out and get over and our kids need to. And I think that, um, you know, if, if we can understand that it's all a process, I think it's important to realize that we can't just tell our kids shoot every time. That's just not going to work, but somehow we have to get them an opportunity to, to learn for themselves, how to, how to be who they can be. And, and it's just a great success story on, on how to become a little bit more assertive, but it's kind of funny um, how I don't think Bailey would, he wouldn't have gotten recruited to Brown if I hadn't been coaching him that day. Cause he would have yeah, done yeah. nothing. I watched him in his state playoff games, do nothing. <laughs> I was like yelling it from the sideline. I literally yelled, I think Bailey go. Cause I knew like he would generally like do, do that. He would do what he's told. So it's, kind it's, of fun. it's pretty awesome. It's one of the great things about your stories, Jamie is like, you know, most of us have stories about you, but the, uh, your stories end with, with, with guys scoring a bunch of goals at Brown and, and uh, against Maryland, not, uh, you know, I was talking about our, uh, you know, our middle school game or something. So, so uh, that's, that's an awesome story and a great point, right? That somebody can relate to. And I think a lot of times as parents, you know, it's like, I can relate to that exact topic just because, you know, and, and you're, whether it's the personality of the kid or even just sometimes maybe the parent want it, wants it more than the kid, that you're trying to get them. Uh, it's just a topic I'm always kind of working. I know my own kids, whether it's their personality or just recognizing, as you said, these are, these are life lessons. So there's a, there's a balance there. So that's a great point. So, yeah, I think this, this topic was, uh, you know, super helpful. I think it provides some clarity for people for, for the summer and, and some bigger perspectives on it. The, uh, and I know you're always open to, to people reaching out about you. What, one of the related topics to this in the summer it is, you know, and I've seen certainly on, uh, I've seen some posts about it, but, you know, a lot of great feedback I know on your video assessments, particularly. I know you do a lot of stuff, but I just want to ask you about that particularly because, uh, you know, any thoughts around, you know, maybe just quickly share what the video assessment is, but, you know, how that relates to people's summers. I know, you know, as we're speaking right now, season, a lot of seasons have ended or just about to end. Uh, the final four just wrapped up. Uh, you know, whether it's at the college level or the high school level, uh, love your thoughts and how you think that ties into whether it's the summer or just getting better for the year. Yeah. Well, about a year ago, I, I, I was, I was messing around with, with video and I had a few of my friends who had some, had some good sons and daughter lacrosse players and I said, Hey, you know, send me uh, send me three games and I want to, I want to try something. So I started messing around with just editing their games down into categories such as dodging, shooting, feeding, and off ball. And I provided them a, a video assessment with a voiceover and telestration on the screen. And this, this has evolved over the course of a year and I've, I've gotten really good at it. And, and now what we're able to do is give 
through this combination of this uh, telestration and voiceover and advanced stats and uh, insertion of, of video examples, we've been able to paint a picture for an athlete of their game in a way that they've never had. Um, and uh, we already all know that video is the best teacher. Video is truth. If you're not using and leveraging video, then you don't really know what you're talking about. Nobody does. Ask any coach. Hey, coach, what'd you think of the game? I don't know. I'll tell you after I watch the film. Anytime you you thought somebody played really well and you watch the film, they didn't play that well. Every time, every time you think somebody played like crap, you go watch the film. They're like, you know what? He didn't play that badly. I thought he played a lot worse. Than yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens every single time. You never really know until you watch the film. And there's and we already know that it's the best teacher. So now. You think about your son or your daughter and all of the, you know, blood, sweat and tears are putting into lacrosse, except they don't actually necessarily know what they're doing. They don't know what they did. They don't know what they should be doing. It doesn't mean they won't have any clue. It just means that when I watch every player and I'm talking about even pro players from last year, when I was coaching the Atlanta Blaze, I had some pro players that like, it's not that they didn't have any clue, but they, they didn't put themselves regularly in the best positions to have success. They just didn't, you know, we had this one mini and he was unbelievable. If, if he, if he took a righty alley dodge and he had the angle, he was going to score. And if he took a righty wing dodge and he was taking the right angle, he was going to score. But as soon as somebody like took that away from him, he didn't have a strategy about how, how to get that angle back. Mm-hmm. He would just not take it. And so just think about, that's just one example. There are so many things that kids can do if they know what to do. So what these video assessments do is they, they show you the examples of what you do really well that you should do more of, what you, where you should be on the field as much as possible, all of the opportunities off the ball. This is probably the, the biggest opportunity is without the ball because most people In our video assessments, we do these advanced stats I referenced. We actually look at every single off-ball movement Mm -hmm. that you have in a game. Also chronicle every movement you you should have made or could have made. And so now, all of a sudden, you look. I mean, I've had kids that had in a full game had four off-ball movements. I mean, you (laughs) should probably have an off-ball movement every five or eight seconds. So if you think about the amount of movement that should happen now, it's, it's, uh, people don't really know and they're not being taught this. And sometimes, you know, we understand that, you know, in certain offenses, you're being told what to do and we get that. So we, we, we certainly account for that, but we're trying to open people's eyes to all of the stuff that they could do. Um, when you get a chance to, we all like, how much do we love watching, um, videos of our kids? It's like, (laughs) I can watch it all day. I love watching my kids do anything. And then think about like when you read a a comment about or a letter or an evaluation about your kid and it's so awesome. You might read it like four times because the things that are being said, especially if it's thoughtful, you're like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And, and it doesn't all have to be great. Like you're, you're happy when they're hearing some truths that maybe they needed to hear. Usually it's things you already knew. Um, in some cases you might not, but the point is, is that if it's based on video and it's based on truth, and if you've got an expert opinion on how to get better, what could be more important than knowing 
your game and knowing the game better. There's nothing. And I just look at, I, I, listen, I don't necessarily think that I'm the only person in the world that could do this well, but if you're not using video to get your game evaluated, there's no way you're playing as well as you could play. There's just no chance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great point. I know it's uh, awesome too. I've heard, uh, of course, tremendous feedback around it. I know uh, some, several players from my own team were, uh, were lucky enough to get your time to, uh, to actually have you do it. And also, you know, earlier in, in this discussion, you referenced about how good the freshmen now are in high school and how, how much better everyone's getting immediately. I think this, this is the type of stuff, the reason why, you know, the next group of guys going into college are going to be so much better because, you know, to your point, you're, you're being able to provide access to, you know, such details and the, the, the minute details you covered. I mean, the players are actually starting to learn this where in the past, you know, unless you were probably in a, with a very specific coach, uh, you know, you just would, would never know this stuff, right? You wouldn't. And, you know, with the, the, the thing with video that's so it, – it's just so crystal clear. And you just we, – we make assumptions that when we explain something that people know what we're talking about, and so often they don't. And I got a really funny story. So my, my, my daughter has gone to this camp every single summer. And every summer she struggled on the, on the swim test of the butterfly portion. And she, she like every single summer, they'd be like, sorry, you didn't pass. And then last summer, one of her friends was like, wait, what are you doing? And so, you know how, like somebody said to her, well, when you do the butterfly, it's like a keyhole. And so she didn't know that they meant like in the water. So she was doing like a keyhole before she like hit the water and she could never do the butterfly for more than like one stroke. And it was just like, man, a little video assessment on her swimming could have gone a long way. She might've passed that swim test like five years ago and got to the, uh, out of the area, you know, sw swim uh, abilities. And it's just so funny because just think about how often you're explaining things or have been, when things have been explained to you and you just didn't get it, you're like, Oh my gosh, how did I not get that? But you just don't because your mind takes you in a different direction. And so um, it's, it's really, it's really important. It's, it's, it's kind of funny, but if you think about it, look at the golf industry. I mean, would you ever coach a swing without video? Right. Never. Yeah. yeah. Would never do it. Um, so lacrosse is just a little bit behind, but it'll catch up. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And just, and finally, I know always, uh, you know, you're open to people reaching out to you and, and, or if they're interested in, in this video product, I know you, you know, you, since you personally do it, you only work with so many people at a time, but yeah, uh, just, you know, what's the best way for people to check that out or to, to get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, a couple things. You can email me at uh, jmonroe at jm3sports.com. That's J-M-U-N-R-O at jm3sports.com. Uh, go to uh, www.jm3video.com. Um, there's a really cool, for those people that haven't seen this, I've, I, I created a recruiting video that you really you should really watch. If this, if this conversation shed some light on some things that you're interested in, then definitely go to this uh, URL, www.jm3getrecruited.com. It is a, it's about a 45 minute, 50 minute um, uh, presentation on what do coaches want? What are they looking for? And it finishes up with the details about this video assessment tool. And um, it's absolutely worth the watch. I mean, just the, just the recruiting piece, is, is without question going to shed some light on some of the things you should be thinking about. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's all interesting, fun stuff. And we love, we love our kids playing lacrosse. We want to give them their best shot. Um, and, um, you know, when we do some homework on our end, you know, we might just be able to move the needle a little bit and give our kids a little bit better of a chance. Awesome. Yeah. Really great, Jamie. Appreciate you taking the time to share so much, uh, insights and knowledge, uh, particularly around, uh, the summer, summer processes, uh, as, as always really, really fantastic stuff. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it, man. Have a great day and, uh, we'll catch you next time.